You are listening to Jai Long and this is Make Your Break, episode number 54. You've probably heard people talk about storytelling when it comes to your craft, whether you're a wedding photographer or a designer or whatever you do, and also your business. Stories really are the core of how your business and your craft connects with other people. It's also how you create value and desire around what you do and how you can actually stand out. So in a market where, especially for wedding photographers, you know, it can be oversaturated. It can be hard to sort of stand out and get your message out there when there's so many people screaming at the same time. But if you're not authentic with your story, if you're not showing up and bringing a different perspective or a different opinion, it's hard to really, to actually stand out. It's really, really incredibly difficult. And I know it's so hard to be vulnerable, especially on social media and take it from me. You know, people can really take things the wrong way and you can get haters and things like that. So, you know, from the outside looking in, you can see that and you don't want that to happen to you. But if you get too scared to actually show up and share your story and connect with the people that love what you do, you just won't get anywhere. So we all do hit a ceiling and I know for myself, my ceiling was when I first started not sharing those experiences and and holding so much back because I was so scared of what people would think of me, you know? So it's one of the reasons why I made my business name Free the Bird Photography because I didn't want to associate my photography with my own name, especially with my tradie friends and all that kind of stuff because I was just so worried. As I've grown older and, you know, the more that I've shared stories and the more that I've connected with people around the world, the more I'm confident with what I do and the more it's impacted people and people have shown up for me when I need it and people connect with my work, people see my worth and all those things come from stories. So I want to share a quick little story with you. When I first started as a wedding photographer, It would have been just a couple of months before I went full-time. I remember I was spending a couple of weeks in Thailand with my now wife, Lilu, and we were just in this little villa and, you know, we're drinking coconuts and going for swims and doing that usual kind of Thailand lifestyle. And I remember I was just not happy with my job and I just wanted out. I I didn't want to leave that Thailand life and go back to being a tradesman. And so... I knew I loved photography and I just didn't know what type of photography I wanted to do. So I went around looking on different blogs. I remember one night and I was sitting there and there's, you know, it's hot and there's mosquitoes and the Wi-Fi is incredibly slow and, you know, Lilu's running out to go jump into the pool and I'm sitting there on the computer and I'm just trying to go through, you know, what kind of photography do I like and how could I turn it into a job? Because I wanted to do it every single day. I wanted to wake up and be a photographer. I came across this guy and his name was Jonas Peterson. So Jonas Peterson's work, I I can't really remember how I found him, but I remember when I did find him, I was absolutely blown away. I was moved by his images, the way he presented his work, his story, and I really connected on a really deep level. Even though I never met the guy, I didn't know who he was, I was on the other side of the world. But I just had to have more. And, you know, just going through his blog, just looking at the way that he tells stories from weddings and things like that. It really did make me fall in love with wedding photography. So I remember a couple of months later, 
I decided, you know, this is it. I've seen an amazing wedding photographer. By this stage, I've seen a couple more and I, and I knew that it could be done differently and it could be really fun. It could be a really good career path. So I did quit my job and I became a full-time wedding photographer. And I think maybe about 12 months after I did that, I seen that Jonas Peterson was holding a workshop. And so at the time, I really couldn't afford it. Like, you know, I was absolutely struggling. I was booking a lot of work, but I was doing a lot of it for free. I had two mortgages. There was a lot going on. And I remember I got out my credit card and I was like, okay, I think this is the right choice. Like I just have to have, you know, a conversation with this guy and, um, and just be inspired, be in a room with people that are doing what I'm doing. Because at this stage, I didn't know any other wedding photographers. So I just wanted to be in the room and I wanted to see that things were possible. And I think that was just, you know, my driving factor. So I got out my credit card and I bought a ticket and I remember I showed up to um, his workshop and it's the first kind of workshop that I've ever done with, you know, an industry leader or with anybody like that before. I was just blown away. I was blown away by him and his stories and also everyone that was in the workshop as well. You know, we all connected on different levels and it was really cool finding your own tribe, finding people that relate to what you do and, you know, they have the same ambitions and things like that. And I think for me, you know, that really did spark the whole inspiration of having my own workshops one day as well, because it's all about growing your own community. And I think, you know, deep down, I was having this conversation the other day with somebody else, um, about community and we were talking about how there's so many toxic Facebook groups out there and when you first start it's really hard to find your own community and for myself I found it incredibly hard I was asking questions and people thought I was stupid and you know there would be really you know pretty nasty online I would say and I just didn't like it so from the get-go I couldn't find my tribe so I started making my own tribe and that's how my workshops came about I started creating my own communities and interacting with people how I thought, you know, they should be interacted with, um, you know, making us all equals, not not trying to show how good I am and how low other people are and things like that. I really don't like that. So that's why I was steering away from it. Fast forward to seven years now, um, I've got a thriving community. There's thousands of people in there, you know, people listening to my podcast and it's been growing and it hasn't happened overnight, but it's an, just an incredible journey to be on. And one amazing thing that I get to do today is interview Jonas Peterson and show you why I was so inspired with him. So he's going to tell us a lot about storytelling because you just, you know, if you're in business, you just have to understand the importance of storytelling, like how to actually connect with people. If you're starting a business and you don't know what you know, Instagram captions you should be doing or how you should be writing on your website. Like you really need to look inwards and go like, why did I start this? And, you know, be a little bit vulnerable, show something that connects with people, like give them something. So then there is that desire and that value and people are going to come back to you and they're going to love what you do. It's so incredibly important. So before we jump into the show, I'm so excited with this episode. Jonas gives us so much to think about. I want to tell you about the six-figure business map because it's coming up and I'm doing a free workshop. I'm sure you've heard of it before, but I am doing a workshop on how to grow a six-figure business and it's all about my framework, exactly what I've done over and over to build multiple businesses. And right now, like seriously, Inside my group, there's so many people hitting massive goals, booking their biggest packages and doing things like that. And I want to share that with you. I think 
Right now, in all honesty, it's the best time to start a wedding photography business. There's so much more work coming up. There's so many more people going out of business. There's so many less overheads. There's so many reasons why, you know, an opportunity comes about when things change, wealth changes, um, ideas change, like so many things change. And, you know, if you're trying to hang on to what you did last year or the year before, like it's not going to work going forward. What got you here now? Is not going to get you where you want to go. You always need to evolve. And I know I do every single year. And this year for me, it's been such a big growth year in so many different ways. And I've been smashing my ceilings and it's been so fun for me. So I'm excited. I get to share that passion with you guys. So if you do want to sign up to this workshop, it's totally free for the free webinar workshop. Um, head over to jialong.co and it's live so you can bring all your questions. And I really can't wait to share some inspiration with you guys. So let's not waste any more time. Let's dive into the interview. Hey, so I'm here with Jonas Peterson. I met Jonas Peterson maybe about eight years ago now or seven years ago when I first started my career. And um, I'm actually living just around the corner from where he used to live when I first met him, actually across the road in Northcote here. And I know, Jonas, you're over in the US now. I am, yeah. It's been a funny journey with uh, how life uh, ends up taking around the world. But yeah, I'm in Austin, Texas right now and I've uh, been here since uh, uh, 2018. Yeah, well, is there a big storm happening there right now? It is, yeah. So uh, about two hours south of here in um, on the coast in Houston, uh, there are two massive hurricanes coming, uh, and they're both the size of uh, Katrina. That was devastating Houston, uh, I don't know how many years ago, but uh, a few years ago, and uh, two of them are coming now. And uh, what's even more fun is that tomorrow is my birthday, and tomorrow, <laughs> and tomorrow I have to drive to Houston because I'm flying out of there on saturday to go to a wedding um, up in colorado and uh, there's not really any way around that so either i either i get there tomorrow or we have to decide to drive all the way to colorado which is uh, a good um, 19 20 hour drive so i'll have to make that decision tomorrow we'll see how we go wow um so for those that don't know who you are you've been traveling around the world for possibly the last 10 years, shooting the most incredible weddings. Um, you've got so many career highlights underneath your belt and, you know, you teach photographers as well and um, you've talked to some of the biggest conferences in the world and done so much. I'd love to know, like, how you made your break, like when you first got started as a wedding photographer, because I know a lot of people listening to my podcast are creative entrepreneurs and they're just sort of getting started and they can see you know, the big stars that are doing everything, but they don't really know like how it all started. So, so <clears throat> for me, um, I was in, uh, okay, not to waffle on too much, but I have a tendency to, to ramble on. So stop me at any time that how it started okay. for me was, um, I was in working in advertising and I had a very successful career as a uh, copywriter, um, writing basically TV commercials uh, for big brands, um, around the world and uh, I did that for a long time before I did that for eight nine years and uh, and I got sort of burnt out doing that uh, it, it's a pretty soul-destroying gig it pays you a lot of money but it, you're you're working for people who don't really care about the creative output and you're doing t basically a TV commercial for brands who don't give a shit and um, 
long story short, I have always done photography on the side and and um, and I very passionate hobby photographer back then. And I had all the since I I made quite a lot of money in advertising. I had all the gear and all that. So uh, someone asked me if I could shoot their wedding, um, and my gut reaction was, I remember telling them. I laughed out loud and said, why on earth would I do that? Like wedding photography is like the ass end of photography. And I'm doing, I'm doing serious street photography stuff. You know, I, I'm, I'm trying to be able to do fun, creative stuff with photography. And they said, yeah, exactly. Like wedding photography is like the ass end of photography. So could you, could you shoot our wedding? And I said, no, I don't want to do that. Or it's like, it's embarrassing and I don't want to do that. But, being a creative and being someone who sort of approaches how can I do this differently to everything I do? Because I've done that. The reason I ended up in advertising was the same thing. Like I said for the longest time to people, like advertising is so shit. Why don't, why don't anyone do it differently? And in the end, uh, someone said to me, you just keep saying that all the time. Why, why don't you, why don't you do it? And I ended up, getting a gig in advertising and then uh, made my way up there pretty quickly. Uh, so for me, I've always been a, how can I look at this thing that I don't like and do it differently? And that's how I ended up in wedding photography. And um, when these people asked me, I decided to, okay, it's one thing saying that I don't like wedding photography, I'm going to do it differently. But then you have to actually decide what is the different thing that you want to do how how can you do something that's different from the norm right now uh and back back then this is in 2007 or 2008 i got asked 2007 and then i did my first one in 2008 uh wedding photography was pretty woeful i mean what wedding photography is today um it wasn't like that at all. Like, like there were some good good photographers around, but they were generally very high end, like Marcus Bell and um, the Jionuses in Melbourne and um, Yervant and those sort of people. They're very sort of. I, I respect these people a lot, but I hung out with a lot of designers and musicians and uh, uh, normal people like you and me and like we would never book a Yerevant or a Jayonis for our wedding. It was like, dude, fuck no, I'm not doing that. And it's not because their stuff is bad. It's just it doesn't fit who we are and, 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 and what we wanted to do. So that was sort of the one end of the spectrum, the really expensive, really established studios. And on the, on the other end, it was the really shitty, really poorly put together, cheesy stuff with uh, people – peeking up behind <laughs> trees and, uh, you know, jumping up, up and down on the beach and uh, doing the Toyota jumps on the beach and that sort of stuff. It was, there was nowhere in between and there was no – and what I have always been good at, uh, even in advertising, is like story. There was no story. It was just this randomly put together shit show of uh, stuff that I didn't understand. And I looked at my friend's wedding photos and I was like, what the – fuck is going on here? Why are you doing this cheesy stuff? And they were like, what do you mean? Why are you fucking peeking out behind trees or jumping up and down in the middle of the road? And I was like, that's wedding photography. I'm like, dude, it doesn't have to be. And I said, what do you mean? And like, 
And and long story short, I, I sort of sat down and went like, what what can I do? Because I went to a lot of weddings. Uh, when you're in your early 30s, you kind of you get invited to a lot of weddings and stuff, and you go to weddings, and you have the best fucking time at a wedding. And then you see the wedding photos, and it didn't reflect that at all. They were either too staged or too, you know, it was just too well lit or whatever it was. It was and no photographer ever stayed at the end of a wedding. There was just no story to me. So in the long and long story short, I, I I went in and I tried to to approach it like let's go in with like you a good friend with a camera who knows what they're what they're doing and then uh, put a story together and do it in an emotive way. And uh, I did that and I put it up on a website and uh, literally within like days i was just asked to i went from shooting one wedding for a couple of friends in noosa to shooting 40 weddings my first year and then um, 65 my second year and it just exploded in my face and uh, um, and very quickly i was sort of becoming some sort of poster child for what wedding photography is today and uh, within 10 months of shooting, I was named one of the top 10 wedding photographers in the world by like numerous magazines and stuff. And I was like, holy shit, what's going on here? And and after that, it was just, I, I just tried to ride that wave. And um, yeah, and here we are sort of 12 years later, basically. Yeah, it's incredible. I think like when you came in, it really was, there was definitely no allure of like, there was no, there was nothing like trying to get people to become wedding photographers. Like you said, it just wasn't like, you know, a good job. And I really think that, yeah, I really think like what you did by changing things, like seeing things differently, it's blown up this whole new industry and um, people don't even realize like how much, you know, that decision back then has affected the whole industry because with social media and things like that, it's just blown up, you know? Yeah. And the thing is, I mean, I'm not taking credit for all of it, but funny thing i've always been interested in social media and and that stuff and i was like i had uh when i started before i started i had a, a blog that was followed by three hundred thousand people so for me it's like when i said to, and this is telling people when i was in advertising i said to clients like this new thing is coming at facebook and there's a thing called youtube and they were like what what are you talking about and i said we should like you have heard of a blog? I said that to big, big clients in Australia. And they were like, they looked at me like I was a moron. And I was like, okay, this, this is not going to catch on. So when I got into wedding photography, I asked around and I said, uh, I'm not going to name any names, but I called around to some of the biggest names. And I said, what do you recommend sort of doing for setting up a website? And they said, put up 10 of your best images in a, like a, in a rotating, um, uh, slideshow and i said 10 images and oh yeah, yeah yeah and i said but that's not going to show any emotion it's not going to show any it's not going to show who the people are in 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 the story that you're telling and they were like what the fuck are you talking about story we're not going to tell any story you're going to do like your most kick-ass image that you took on a whatever on a on the stairs of um, city hall in melbourne and i was like yeah no i don't think that's how i'm going to approach this man and the thing is so I put together blog posts that were 180 photos, and immediately people wrote and said, "Dude, I feel like I'm, I feel like I know these people. I feel like they are. That's what I want on my wedding day." And we're like, "Duh, of course. That's that's." So so I didn't book, I didn't book uh, the high end. I didn't book what 
Gervant and Marcus Bell and the Geronesis were booking. I was booking normal people like Sparkies and fucking Carpenters or whatever. And and mixed with uh, lawyers and doctors or whatever. Like I was booking a shit ton of weddings and I was charging $5,000 a pop in 2008. And one day I got a call from Marcus Bell and I mean, I'm a good friend with him today. And he said, mate, how, how are you? What are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean what I'm doing? I was like, how do you make this work for you? And I said, I'm shooting 65 weddings next year and I'm averaging $9,000 per wedding. I'm, I'm doing okay. You know, I don't need to justify why I'm not charging $30,000, which they were doing. So for me, it was looking at where the market was and what people were asking for. And no one was offering what people were asking for to me. And to me, it's like, if everyone else is in this corner offering this, why is no one in the other corner offering this? And I know what you're doing with your podcast and stuff. That's the same thing. Like, what is, what is the norm and how can I do something that's different from the norm? And that's, that's all I've ever been doing. And that's the same as in advertising. Like, if everyone's doing this, I am this brand. Why? What can I do that's different from that? And it could be anything from photography style to how you present your work to um, how you present yourself online. And in, if everyone is using a flow theme, like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be I'm going to be Oli Sansom and do some fucking weird stuff, you know? And um that, and you have to sort of look at it that way. And and if you don't, and especially today when there's so many new talented people coming in, it's like, okay, so you're you're great and you're talented, but you're presenting your work exactly the same way as everyone else. And so you have to always look at okay, I'm starting to feel nervous because my work is doesn't matter how good it is, I'm presenting it the same way as everyone else or whatever. I need to stand out in a way as either I need to be better than my competition or I need to be different from my competition. And that's 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 not easy, but uh, but it's a thing I always think about. Yeah, it's so interesting because like when I look through now with wedding photographers, I see so many amazing ones, but when if I scroll through a hashtag, like I can see 20 incredible wedding photographers so much better than, than myself. But yeah, I could yeah. never remember who they are or what they're doing because the 20 look exactly the same. Exactly. And everything looks the same. Their website's the same. It's the same yeah. theme. And it's so interesting because I think as there's more competition and people are getting more scared of competition, it yeah. almost becomes easier to book more work or to stand out because you can start seeing what the herd's doing. And mm-hmm. then you could just start seeing like loopholes everywhere. Like, oh, well, no one's over there doing this or no one's charging this or no yeah. one's in this you know, section. And I think that's really interesting. It's, it's funny with wedding photography because it's so, I mean, in itself, um, it's quite formulated. I mean, a wedding day is formulated, you know. It's like a, it's a girl in a white dress and a dude in a suit and we have these traditional things that we do and all that sort of stuff. So I think people are assuming that they have to do things a certain way. Um, and the thing is that I... I don't think that's the case. And I think that a lot of people keep forgetting that. They go, they go, and especially now, now wedding photographers become some become relatively cool, which is funny in itself. Uh, but mm. but with that, the problem is that people look at it and go like, oh, I want to go into this industry and I'm going to look at what Jai or Jonas or whoever, Sai or all these people are doing. Um, and then I'm going to a- a- adapt something that's similar to that. And I think that 
that's okay, but you, you're going to end up, and that's okay. I did the same thing. Like I ended up look, looking at what other people did and all that, but um, there's so much nervousness about what you people say you can and can't do. Uh, I remember for the longest time, for a good five, six, seven years, people always said, don't put any music on web on your website because it was like, oh, people go to a website and um, if there's music, they'll just shut you down. They'll just turn that tab off because they're looking at your website at work or whatever. And I was like, dude, I have a feeling or I know that if people listen to a specific track when they're watching this uh, blog post that I've written, um, they are going to get much more of the vibe that I want them to get into. So I, I started looking into MP3, uh, WordPress, uh, whatever, whatever, so I can put MP3 files on my WordPress uh, posts. <laughs> and everyone was like, oh, what, uh, we can't put music on that. And then I did that. And it people were like, that's great. And then as soon as someone starts doing it, everyone else follows. And it's like, there's so much scaredy cat when it comes to what you think you can do and what you want to do and and, mm. and even even how you present yourself it's like you look at what everyone else is doing and then you do a version of that um and i think it's it's interesting i think it's funny that you should always start with what makes sense to you not what so and so are doing and and if if it doesn't make sense to you then you shouldn't do it uh and I, I mean, when I speak and I talk to people about sort of my style of photography and stuff, it's, it's not a matter of do what I do. It's a matter of what makes sense to you. Because one thing that never made sense to me was, like, I don't shoot ring shots, for instance. And it doesn't mean that I think you, if people are listening to, the, to you now, I hope they don't feel like, oh, I shouldn't shoot ring shots. The thing is, to me, it made no sense to shoot ring shots because lining up two rings on a lime fruit and a fucking bowl of water or a mirror in the bathroom while there's other stuff happening in the living room just never made sense to me. Um, so I don't shoot ring shots. Um, I have friends who are super talented who shoots the most beautiful macro shots with this and that. And it doesn't mean that that is wrong. I just don't like doing it. And so I've sort of decided that I'm not doing ring shots. Uh, same thing with... I always ask new photographers when they sort of when they have who here has shot sort of who do you hang the dress from a window when you walk into the bride getting ready do you hang the dress from a dress from a window and they be like yeah I'll do that and I go like why do you do that and there's eerie silence I was like well the question is are we doing it because every other wedding photographer is doing it or are we doing it because the bride wants it or are we doing it because we want to do it? And if none of those, if there's no yes to any of those questions, then it was like, why the fuck are we shooting the dress hanging from a window? So I always ask brides when I go in, if they ask me, do you want me to hang the dress from a window? I ask them, do you have a lot of other clothes hanging from windows that you want photos of? No. And I'm like, why are we doing that? And I think that questioning why we're doing anything is, is a good sort of approach. And I, I say that with sort of, I, I do it sometimes too. I shoot dress shots and, and, and all that. But but asking yourself, how can I do this in a way that makes sense to me? How can I do this in a way that's 
true to me. Because if you do that, if you're true to who you are, you will always stand out. Like people will say to me, I can recognize a wedding of yours a mile away. And it's not that it's better, but they can see, I don't know, my fingerprints on it. And I think those things. Do you think it comes back down to, um, like it's not the editing on the photos, but it comes down to the way you tell a story? Yeah, yeah, how you see the world and and, and all those things. Editing is like 1% of everything. And if you you think you're going to become a better photographer because you buy this or this preset or whatever, it is how you see the world and how you, I think, all those things are way more important than what preset you choose in the end and that sort of stuff. And, and, um, and yeah, so it's, uh, for me, I find it immensely funny that you, so many people sort of try and look like what everyone else is doing and, uh, you're never going to, you, you might make it to some sort of level, but the thing is when there's 55 photographers charging what you do uh, a bride is in or bride and groom is in full control if they send out inquiries to all these photographers who look the same mm. who are they going to go with they're going to go with yeah there's the no des- the there's cheapest. no desire there hey no, um, go whoever is the best or yeah. cheaper i mean yeah Bringing it back to storytelling, like um, yeah. I can really see there, like you bring it into photography and stuff, but I'm actually interested also how like with advertising, right? Because with advertising, like you know that storytelling is the thing that connects people and creates desire, creates value and all those things. And have you found like over the years, like um, it's really helped you? Well, have you really like tried to bring stories into everything that you do? Leading question, my friend. But uh, yes, um, I um, <laughs> I believe that you you should use storytelling as a tool in everything you do, and I mean that in in everything from how you present yourself to like I think it's a lost opportunity not to tell a story at every interaction you have with people. Basically, it's like mm. your about me page, if you have one, should be telling a story about who you are and, and and your ambitions and all that and and so many times when people show me their work they go can you have a look at my website and it would be this um sad about me page where someone says i work in i work in the <laughs> melbourne area i shoot with nikon equipment and i love to shoot people in love and my reaction is yeah yep you haven't you haven't given me anything to to latch on to and to to give you mm. a sort of a back I mean, I love stories for the sake of stories. I really do. But if you want to take it back to a really sort of sneaky marketing, sort of how the brain works, is that story is how we connect with things. And we are basically mm-hmm. our our brains are, we are drug addicts that always want our brains to release serotonin and uh, oxytocin and all these things. And, and what makes your brain do that is story basically the better story you can tell the more of these drugs your brain will release and the more they do that your brain will be ah i like this and if you can tell a story in at every interaction that you have with someone um then people will connect with your work and they will be more likely to pay money for what you do if there's no story connected Mm. to anything you do like if you present some random wedding images that mean nothing to the people who look at them, their brain will not release serotonin. And if your brain doesn't release serotonin, your brain will go, 
boring and we're going to move on to something else. So what you want is to make people feel something. And if they feel something at any part of your interaction with people, then they're more likely to book you and pay you money for what you do. So yes, I try and think of story in everything I do. Like I, I do my workshops, I talk about story. I, when people ask me sort of whatever, it's like I live around story, not because I am a cynical marketer, but, but because I know that how we connect with each other. Um, like when I met you and, and how we connect with people, it's like you share your background with people and the, the and if you do that, someone will connect with that. If you don't, if you go, hey, mm-hmm. I, I teach this kick-ass, uh, I, I do this podcast thing, I'm amazing. No one's going to connect with that. If you share your backstory and go, hey, dude, I struggled for the longest time with who I was, and I do this, someone will go, man, I connect with that, and they're much more likely to connect with your work and, and go deeper. And, and, and story goes into anything from the first email to how you present yourself online to to anything. Branding is story. Um, branding is how does this brand make me feel? Um, and if it doesn't make you feel anything, they're not going to book you, full stop. Yeah, I 100% believe that. And um, and I know the power of story. Like, <laughs> it's just incredible. And I was actually doing some research the other day and I found out that there's this one guy, I can't remember his name, there's this one guy in Hollywood and he's basically the go-to for all the big movies all the way from like The Lion King, all um, Star Wars, like all the way up. But anyone that writes a big screenplay, they go past him and he makes adjustments and then that's why those big movies are so successful. But basically he has like an eight-stage story, but they call it yeah, the yeah. hero's story. So the hero story is yeah, the yeah, it's like they're talking about yeah. um, the transformation. And yeah, um, yeah. So it's, it's a formula and it, and, and it works. And um, yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, it's um, Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey. It's uh, insane how, it. Yeah, how, how it all sort of, um, and I mean, I, I talk about story because I like it, but you can also talk at it, about it from a very cynical sort of, this is what moviegoers buy into mm-hmm. because story is both an amazing tool, but it's also something that's very, scientific like people go to the movies because they want to feel something want to be transported to another place and if whatever you go to doesn't transport you somewhere they go like what the fuck is the point of this i'm sitting here eating fucking popcorn and i don't feel anything and the same thing is with your website if people go to my website and they feel like this is just random people i don't know give a shit about you know totally so the, the same same goal should always be there. I want people to go, dude, I felt transported when I went to your website. I read about your story. I read about these people's story. Um, and I think that so many people forget that. It's like they just – my people ask me to do um, portfolio review sometimes. And my most common feedback is I'll go like, dude, it's great editing – well put together but it's just like it just feels like uh, you know it's just a wedding you know there's none of you in there there's no story that i don't feel you in the story i don't feel any it's just another wedding and it's sad to say that but that's sort of how can you how can you sort of get in under people's skin and 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 a lot of the time it's not enough just to show people in a white dress on their wedding day you know it's so true and 
you know, down to everything, like for myself, um, obviously I sell courses and I'm always like helping people and I do like a lot of mentoring mm-hmm. and stuff. And, um, yeah. it's the story of everything. Like if someone jumps on my website, it doesn't matter what kind of course it is and how much it will change their life, unless I tell the yeah. story and like show the transformation and get them to connect and then they get the desire, then they can't not join it because it comes down to yeah. like, yeah, like every, everything everything is like a huge community and we're always attracted to that story that we relate to. And, um, yeah. But it, it goes, to, it literally goes to everything. It, it goes, to, if, if you can, um, I, I mean, we could talk about a million versions of this, but I think that mm-hmm. when people write you, um, I try and always, um, and this is silly stuff, but it, but it's really, it works. Like people write me and go, I'm getting married at so and so. This is this venue in in blah blah blah. What's your price list? And it's the shittiest email. And we get them all the time. It's like turn it around and go. How can I turn this into whatever story? Like, and I don't mean people are afraid of the word story. They think they have to tell this elongated blah blah mm. blah. Story is the simplest link into something personal like i mean if you're having a conversation with me and i say um i went to let's say i went to qut in brisbane and you answer hey my sister went to qut that is story that is enough that's initiating some sort of story because then you're creating a link if you go "Uh uh-huh you're not creating story so story is just how to bring something into something personal. So when I get an email, even the shittiest ones like that, I go, hey, I, you know, I have never been to that place, but I remember going to the town next to it uh, last year with my wife or girlfriend or boyfriend or whoever, and uh, we ate at that restaurant. And I always wondered what, you know, whatever you tell, whatever story you can tell, like tell any story that, people can connect to because you're, and again, back to the neuroscience of things, people sit and read your response. And if you can transport them somehow, somewhere else, like you're telling a story about your girlfriend or wife or dog that can't eat uh, cucumbers or whatever, whatever it is, they feel like, okay, my brain is feeling a bit, a bit uh, of something to connect to here. And if you're not giving them that, they are going to go with someone else. And um, to book someone, they need to connect with who you are. And it's all that you should care about is to connect with someone at any fucking cost. Uh, and if you can do that, they'll pay you whatever you ask for. It, it takes away any kind of price, doesn't it? Because people, I mean, think about a story of a Ferrari. You could buy a couple of cars or a few houses, but the story of the Ferrari is like, oh my God, like imagine the transformation of me driving down the road. That's in the thing. Car. It's not a story of them. It's a story of you. How would that make me feel? How would that make me look? Uh, so sometimes it's not so much about telling a story. It's like you kind of attach yourself to their story like if i buy a mercedes you're buying into their story uh, and so sometimes story is it's not so much stories like how would this brand make me feel uh, and sometimes if i buy a mercedes i'm going to feel cool i'm going to feel masculine i'm going to feel 
much taller than I am or whatever it is, you know? And, and it's not to be sneered at because it's that simple. And, and a lot of people, if we talk about photography, it's like they book me because they want to feel the way that they feel when they look at one of my weddings. And uh, we could go back to what work to present and that sort of stuff. And a lot of the time I, I tell people as well, like don't show work that doesn't sort of make people feel anything because people go to your website to feel the way they want to feel on their wedding day. They go like, I want to feel, I want to feel and look that way on my wedding day. It's the same thing as when you buy the Mercedes. They look at my website and go, I want to feel that way that that bride feels. I don't, I know I don't look like her, but I want to fucking feel. So they book you because of what they see on your website and how that makes them feel. Yeah. Um, and I guess also the story, like I see one of the biggest mistakes I see people making on their website is they make all the story about themselves. And, so, oh, and yeah. sometimes like people just can't connect with that because they're on there and they want to, they want, everyone has the ego and they're looking to, you know, best benefit themselves. So if a story is just about, it's like, oh, I grew up with a camera and I love photography and now I shoot weddings. Like I don't connect mm. with that on my journey of getting married. Like what about me? Like, you know, include yeah, me yeah. into that story. So I fall in love with what you it's do. Fun, yeah. Yeah. It's a fine balance. It's funny because I both agree with you and disagree because I think that sometimes people are afraid to include anything of themselves. Like people are not being personal enough. And I think that people are afraid of sharing their own journey uh, when it comes to booking people. And, uh, and I decided very early on that the work that I wanted to that I wanted to book was very emotional um, work, and 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 to get to get people to book you and agree to be very open with you, you need to sort of be very open with them. Um, and I, it was a fine balance of how much do you just bleh, put up, put out on the table, and how much do you um, just sit back and um, observe. And I find that I booked very sort of high-end people who would never open up to me if it wasn't for the fact that I know and I'm, I'm sort of a very open about emotion and that stuff. And I share emotion on social media and I write a lot of that, that stuff. So I, I think that mm. you- it's a fine balance between how to um, incorporate yourself and remove yourself from the story as well it, it, it's it's not as easy as yeah it's, 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 it's not it, easy it could be easy to just <laughs> ego 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 but but you kind of just have to give a bit of yourself for people to open up to you to begin with so it, i find it, it it's a hard balance yeah like with that balance like how does it make you feel you know showing up being vulnerable and showing you know some of your weaknesses or showing a story that you know is not going to resonate with some people because I know a lot of people struggle with that and they post on social media and then they get anxiety and it could be a polarizing message and then it doesn't, you know, yeah. go well. Um, but. I think that uh, I've, for me, I've always felt like if I, if I am brutally honest with who I am and if I'm sharing um, my hardships and, and who I am and uh, what I care about, I might... Um, uh, polarize and I might get some people who don't book me and that sort of stuff but the people who do book me tend to be my biggest fans and, and we share a lot of uh, similarities and stuff um, I um, 
I have a lot of my, my, my father died when I was 25 and it's not, it wasn't a traumatic experience in any way, but I have a lot of stories that I connect to where there's been parents who have been disconnected from their children or died and, uh, and for some reason, I've sort of gravitated towards those stories, and I and, and I present those stories a lot. And and uh, and the funny thing is, how as weird as that is, like I have dead fucking parents in my stories. I get a lot of people who connect with me because of the stories that I share. And I, I think that um, if I would have been scared of those things and who I am and um, the background that I have and uh, then I wouldn't have booked those people. I might lose some people being personal or I might book some people thinking I'm too, uh, wow, we don't need to talk about dead parents here. But I kind of find that the stories that I connect to in this, when I do really fucking amazing work is when I walk in and go, you know, this is going to be something that I care deeply about, you know, and um, I'll, I'll, I'll share a lot. Of, I even posted a photo on Instagram today about uh, a ceremony I did uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, I have a wedding coming up Tuesday, which is at Elopement in Colorado. And um, the ceremony location uh, for that wedding or elopement is going to be on the hill in Colorado where the bride spread the ashes of her father who died when she was 10 years old. And for me, you're like, dude, <laughs> I have... I have all the stories, like, A, knowing that, I know that that's going to be a part of how I capture this day. And uh, and it it comes from sharing similar stories and being very sort of honest about my own emotions and stuff. And I think that a thing that's sometimes hard to hear, I think that um, I, I could, I would not have been, the successful blah, 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 wedding photographer I am if it wasn't for the fact that I started way later than anyone else because I wasn't ready when I was 21 or 22. Um, I, I just needed to be more in touch with who I am as a person to be able to be honest about that and be able to actually be free and communicate that with people. And I don't, I mean, I don't communicate it in emails and stuff, but they follow my instagram and they follow my look at my website and stuff and they write me and say hey like i connect with the stories you tell and i want you to tell my story and i can tell you that i mean i've shot celebrities that write me the m most amazing emails and go i want to have a wedding where you tell my story like i don't want it told to anyone else you can never totally tell it to the world but you need to be there and tell our story and i'm like holy shit, man. It's like, I'm shooting an A-grade celebrity here who's asking me to sh share a story. I can't share it with anyone else, and I can't tell you that I've shot it, but the responsibility with someone who feels like you're being honest enough, and I want you to be honest with my story, it's a responsibility that I, I kind of, I love. But with that said, and I, I, I want people to understand this, and I say that when I teach workshops as well, is that this is my approach. This is what makes sense to me. There are photographers who make a fucking truckload of money not doing personal stories at all. So it's you, you can be super editorial and just tell a really beautiful story with film, you know, in a castle in France and do that really well. You don't have to be 
who I am, who are digging for the story at any, every given time. Like you don't have to do that. But for me, that's who I am. That would make sense to me. But if you don't want to do that, if you just want to do editorial stuff that looks fucking amazing on the surface, that's totally okay as well. But do that and do it well. Just decide who you are and, and just pick your pick your battles and pick your niche and, and do that. Like run with the fucking baton that you picked up and do that. You don't have to be this sappy Jonas or Jai guy who tells stories on their Instagram. You can just do whatever you do and do it fucking pretty, amazing, beautiful stuff that's super, super surface. Do that. And it's okay. But pick what, who you are and what you believe in and really focus. Yeah, I believe on. that. It's so incredible, like, you know, hearing you booking all these couples all around the world coming from the story. But, you know, you sharing your story with your with your dad. I know a lot of people resonate with that. And it really does just take down the barriers. And yep. then it just shows that we're human. And it then does, we can connect yeah. on a whole nother level. Like you don't even have oh, yeah. to know each other for a long time. Like all of a sudden. You know, someone might not even know you, but they're listening to you on yeah, this yeah. podcast and they and they connect with your words and now they feel like they know you and they want to get to know you and they yeah. want you to be at their wedding and it's incredible how yeah. it, it does that. Yeah. It does. And I think that, and I think, um, I mean, we could talk about this as a phenomenon, but I mean, I, I've spoken at conferences or workshops or whatever and people book me because of those things. And I go like, they go, we listen to what you said. We listen to your story about your background and we want you to capture our story. It's that simple. Like they will, they don't even look, need to look at your photography. They go, I like who you are and how you see the world. And can you come and take photos of me? And um, it's, it's, it's a pretty fascinating thing because when the photography world is so saturated, that is exactly what you need to book work. Like, say there's 15 photographers offering the same thing, and then people go, dude, I connected with him. He made me cry. He made me feel something. I'm going to go with that guy. And that is what branding is. That is branding 101. It's like that guy yeah, makes yeah. me feel he made something. Me, he made me smile. Yeah. He, made me, he made me, you know, something. Like, soon as you start moving someone, and then... Yes that creates that desire and then no one can replace you because it's like, I can see all that over there. Yeah, yeah. that's great. That's a great photographer. But this person, yeah. like we have a connection. I want to have a conversation. Yeah. And I mean, it's a vulnerable thing. If you're shooting weddings especially and you're a dude, I'll say this, like you're going in shooting people in their underwear and, and they're expected to be emotional and stuff. Like if you haven't given something first, then it's difficult. Like you need to sort of give them and show them that, hey, I am no threat to you. On the contrary, I'm actually going to be a support to you on your day. Like I'm, a, I'm an emotional support to you. I've been where you are. Um, and if you can be that guy, and a lot of the time I am, like they look at me during a ceremony and I just smile and look back and go like, that's it. I don't need, you know, half of the time you're just there as a support person. And they will tell you afterwards like just seeing you when everyone else was freaking out which is so good to me i'm like dude i'm like i'm just being the calm person that i can be and i think that what you bring emotionally to any anything in the world will uh, resonate back and uh, a lot of people ask like how do your portraits look so quiet and blah 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 and i'm like 
you should come with me on a portraiture. <laughs> and then you'll see, yeah, because it's, that's it's how quiet. I am, you know. I am not the guy who's like, I'm not, wah, 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 wah. I'm not like, oh, can we jump up and down on the beach, dude? Like, <laughs> if I would do that, the photos wouldn't look that way. I'm like, I'm, I ask people, like, can we go on a walk? And can we do this and that? And like, isn't this beautiful? And it's like, you know, just how you present yourself in any, any part of the, like first the emails but on the day like how you come across to people is how your photos gonna look like your energy is going to come back to you um every part mm. of the way and it's really fascinating. so good um i know at the moment that you are in the u.s are you teaching any workshops or doing anything online where people can find you at the moment I yes and no. I have a Patreon page, but I wouldn't push for that to be honest. Uh, I uh, it's a project project right in now, the works. I'm probably stalling a bit right now to see how we're going. But uh, no, I um I would uh, sort of stay put. There's stuff happening in in the works, but nothing uh, that I can sort of share right now. And could people find you on Instagram and say hi? Yes. So it's just my name, Jonas Peterson. Uh, on both Instagram and um, uh, my website is the same. So J-O-N-A-S-P-E-T-R-S-O-N is on Instagram and on Facebook and uh, Twitter and all those things. Yeah, I just want to say a big thank you, Jonas. I haven't talked to you in a long time and it's um, like this stuff is just so refreshing and it's good to connect connect again and just like give... Of course, man. I, I don't think people realize like how valuable this information is. Like people, they, they just don't... Yeah. You know, like I, I, when, it, when you tap I think, into storytelling I mean, and stuff. It's I'll like, say that. I'll say this. I mean, I speak at, like you said, I speak at all these conferences and stuff. And the funny thing is that all the things that people talk about, how to have an email template for this and that, and how to, there are invaluable tips. But at the end of the day, it's going to come back to the core and the heart of why you're doing this. And if you have that sorted out, um, no email template or whatever it is it's going to be sort of it's not going to not make a difference but the heart and the core of things it, it's it's going to be who you are and the story you tell and and then you attach a kick-ass email template and that sort of stuff but um uh all those things are really important i think i believe that all right thank you for talking to my community and um i really appreciate your time jonas thanks man i appreciate that there you have it, guys. I've wanted to have Jonas on the podcast for a little while now, and he really did exceed my expectations and bring back, you know, just the core values of why I do what I do and why I love what I do. And I love that. And I love talking about story and connection. You know, I'm all about that kind of stuff. It's one of the reasons why I've got a podcast, because I want to share more stories, share more perspectives and connect with more people and I love doing it. If you loved this episode, let us know on Instagram at jialong.co and Jonas Peterson. Um, we would love to say hi and if you'd like to share it with anybody, like please do. If you know this is going to make a big impact on someone that you know that's starting a business, starting a creative business, then you should definitely share this episode with them. I can't wait to talk to you next week, guys. Thank you. You've been listening to Jialong and I'll see you soon. Spread the love and create opportunities for the people around you. Make Your Break is brought to you by Jai Long and produced at our in-house studio Free the Bird Productions. We love creating opportunities for you 
and hope you'll share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. For more information on this podcast, our online courses, products, workshops, or just want to say hi, we're here for you at jailong.co.